Hey, this is Greg Grunberg, a.k.a. your favorite Star Wars character, Snap Wexley, and you are right where you need to be listening to yet another amazing episode of the Black Squadron podcast. Welcome back to the Black Squadron Podcast, episode 56. We took a week off, but we are back. I'm BP, a.k.a. Bro Dameron, back again with my main man, Todd. Bro, I am so excited to be talking Star Wars after that week off. Uh, yeah, I felt like we took like six weeks off because we have been like 20 consecutive weeks and then a week off. It just felt like a massive break. And we have a very special guest this week, the one, the only Mackenzie, or a.k.a. Mac. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. We are very excited to have you. Um, Mac is Loth.cat on TikTok. She's got an awesome TikTok page, so go follow her there because it is incredible. If you like Star Wars, which if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you do. But before we get into all of our usual spiel, um, whatever platform you are listening to us on, please leave us a awesome review helps us with algorithm gets our voice out there a little more a little further each week and lastly we are on every single social media platform come follow us talk to us send us pictures of your collections all that jazz we are everywhere always (laughs) but i guess without further ado todd let's uh let's hop into the skeleton crew that is the hollow net headlines All right, yeah, so like you said, it's a real quiet week for news. We got a lot of High Republic news, though. So we got the third wave of the High Republic, which I feel like is insane considering that we just got the second wave, I feel like, the other day. And we're already on wave three announcements. And actually, we're still getting wave two in the mail. I just got uh, one of them in the in the mail the other day. Yeah, I got issue so, six, yes, two days ago. It's crazy. Yeah, so the, the newest slate of High Republic projects was announced during San Diego Comic-Con at home because cons are, you know, still kind of in that gray area if they're going to happen or not. Uh, we've got The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray is fantastic. Eye of the Storm by Charles Soule. Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland. And Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older. So I'm still way behind. Mackenzie, are you a High Republic fan? Have you been keeping up with the High Republic? So I've been trying. I read The Light of the Jedi, um, which I think came first. I don't know for sure, but one of the first ones. And I just couldn't get totally immersed in it, but I'm going to give it another try. I think people have told me I need to just keep powering through. So maybe it's just starting a little slow, but I was intrigued. You're you're already off to a better start than I am, considering I, I have all of them and have not read any of them yet. I just haven't had the time to dive into them so at least you're you're a little more ahead than me the comics might be a better place to start if because you know books can be hard if you're not totally immersed but with a comic they kind of grip you right away so maybe i'll try there instead to start with some of those yeah it's hard for some for people to visualize new characters in a, in a galaxy that we've been so immersed in um so i started with the comics is huge honestly because you get a better view of who the characters are I've read all the books except for the latest one by Kevin Scott. I'm in the process of reading it. Um, the, I think they're incredible. I, I can't wait for more and more and more. Really? So you're liking all of the books as well? Yeah, um, I really enjoy. Even the YA ones have been good. Um, 
I'm obviously not YA, <laughs> um, but I've enjoyed the books. Um, it's been pretty cool that they've sent us a couple of copies before they released uh, digital copies. So I'm um, a little ahead of everybody else, but really enjoying them so far. That's awesome. I'm excited. Anything Claudia Gray is fantastic. So I'm excited that she's getting another book. I mean, mm. I, I feel like I have to get caught up now just so I can read the Claudia Gray novel and not be like, all right, what's going on? Who's who's Markion Rowe, which Daryl Soul just decided to tweet that out. Let everybody know that we've been saying his name wrong for the last what year at this yeah, point. It's not Marcion or Maraschino. It's Markion. And he's going to be Marish- he's Maraschino Cherry to me forever. It just proves my point again and again that if there was an index in the back of these books, which is pronunci- pronunciations would be oh, we wouldn't have to do this every time. <laughs> I feel like we need a just some t- some sort of pronunciation guide for anything Star Wars because it's a whole bunch of letters that make no sense, and unless you hear someone say it, then it's uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I I just know in my brain when I'm reading, I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> so I try not to like latch onto the pronunciations in my head. <laughs> All right. And then some more uh, High Republic news. Like I said, it's a lot of High Republic this uh, this week's show. Uh, we got the full cast of the audio drama Tempest Runner. So I'm not going to run through it all. It's a, it's a lot of people because the way that they've done these is they're a whole cast in sound and score and they're, they're fantastic. I think the first one was uh Dooku Jedi lost. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. I loved everything about that. Then the, the Dr. Afra adaptation, another fantastic, like you, I feel like that was as someone like, I can't sit down. I struggle to sit down and just read through a book, but listening to something, I feel like it's totally immersive and there's a original score and there's explosions and all kinds of craziness. That's what I love about the Star Wars audiobooks because I'd listened to audiobooks before and then my friend told me you should listen to the Thrawn audiobook and I had never even heard of Thrawn, didn't know who he was. The audiobook like changed audiobooks for me because it felt like a movie. It was just so amazing. I think their budget for these audiobooks, I'm like, I love it. It's great. Yeah. And, and Mark Thompson is in pretty much all of these and he's incredible. So He's in this one. Yeah. So he's, if it's a Star Wars audiobook, if there's not Mark Thompson included, I would be stunned because yeah. he's like the go to. He's a busy uh, man. He's, he he's the D. Bradley Baker of the audiobooks <laughs> for Star Wars. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's a whole cast announced. It's over on StarWars.com if you want to kind of get into the nitty gritty of who's playing what character. Really excited. I think Tempest Runner follows Marky on row, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so we can actually hear his name pronounced correctly. Maybe that's why he corrected everybody is so that we're not all like, what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> a couple more things in the news. Uh, we got some more details about Galactic Star Cruiser, the hotel that I think no one is ever going to be able to afford at this point based off of everything that they're uh, saying about it. So there was a, a, I guess they're starting to do interviews with the Disney Imagineers who you know really helped make this thing come to life. And the idea that so one of the examples they gave is like you help someone smuggle luggage onto the ship on onto the hotel. And then that character that you met like off the ship will show up on the ship and then be like, hey, like, thanks for helping me smuggle my luggage on. So the idea of this this fully immersive like you're you're Star Wars LARPing. So essentially what you just described is you are. 
you're just taking your own luggage and they're like oh it's part of the it's part of the experience and you're helping some other person with their luggage so they don't have to help them <laughs> no it's like a, it's it's um like someone in the parks kind of thing yeah, yeah. i think is, is what i heard yeah but it's this thing's insane they gave some first look at all the food and the food looks you know is star wars like i saw like <laughs> multicolored shrimp and these like crazy over the top dishes that you'd find on like dried in ships so I'm curious how it'll all go because I know when Galaxy's Edge first opened, there was a ton of trouble with it being too immersive and like the employees not telling people where a bathroom was or when you go to pay, they're like, no, we only take credits. Yeah. I don't know if everyone is like the refreshers. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's going to work. Yeah, and that's always kind of been my concern. The more they keep pushing this whole immersive experience angle, the more I'm like, I feel like with just the the monetary bar that you're going to have to drop, because this is going to be like one of Disney's probably most expensive hotels out there, considering it's a full cast and immersive experience, and you can wear costumes, and you can wear, I think you can wear costumes from the hotel into the parks. Like, it's like that one exception that Disney's wow. making. So you really, you know, if you want to, you can be fully immersed, but it'd be weird if someone's there just because their kids wanted to go and they have a ton of money to blow. So they're not in the immersiveness kind of it. And it just sort of takes it out of, uh, takes you out of that experience. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they, how they do that. Because I mean, I know there's a ton of Star Wars fans in the world, but are there enough to sustain this massive project without dumbing it down, quote unquote, for normies casuals <laughs> it'll it'll be interesting to see if if this is super successful if they do it for other properties that they have so you get like maybe marvel. a marvel yeah especially with avengers campus out in california and i don't think there's going to be a galactic star cruiser equivalent in california i think it's just in orlando so i could see them because they can't have avengers campus in orlando having the marvel galactic star cruiser out in california so then everybody's jumping between the two coasts, trying to do these fully immersive uh, experiences. That's going to be crazy. Last little bit of stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to go too much into it because I kind of feel like it's a little spoilery. Um, but there's some casting rumors floating around for the Ahsoka series. There's some rumors floating around for the Kenobi series. Uh, it's out there if you want to find it. Some of it you know, picks up on some hints that are dropped in Mando. Because obviously these are part of that whole Mandoverse, uh, Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian. All of these are tied together. Um, so if you, you can kind of connect the dots there. But yeah, there's there's uh, there's plenty of spoilery rumors out there. So if you want to go digging for them, they're, they're not too hard to find. <laughs> they're everywhere. I will say I am excited based off of what, if it is true. Yeah. Because I think it's going to be insane, but we'll leave it at that. And then when it's if it's ever officially announced, which I'm sure it will be at some point, or it, it won't announce it, and we'll just be sitting there, and it'll be like Grogu times a million again. I mean, celebration is going to be absolute bananas. I think. Don't 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 tell me that. I <laughs> can't prepare myself emotionally or financially for celebration. Are you guys going to celebration? I will be there. BP, I think you don't have tickets yet, and we're still waiting to see yeah. if they are going to put tickets on sale. Um, but I have tickets rolled over from previous celebration. Twenty. Oh, you're very lucky. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm still waiting to see if 
there are going to be tickets available. Um, I've never been to a celebration, so it would be crazy to go. It's they're, awesome. Yeah, they're nuts. I think BP and my first celebration was 2019. In, or was it 2019 with Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, so 2019 in Chicago, but we didn't know each other at the time, which is yeah. hilarious considering we live you know, less than a couple miles <laughs> yeah. away from each other. Um, that's the small world that is Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's if you can get tickets or if they i'm assuming they're gonna put tickets at some point but yeah i think they will who knows it's it'll still be in anaheim i know that like that's where it was planned but i don't know if they'll keep it like that i wasn't sure as i would imagine it is yeah so for this one it'll definitely be anaheim um just because I i feel like contracts and all that jazz that they they basically just punted the the punted it to the next year um, but we'll see where it goes after that. If it goes back to Orlando, if they go back to the Midwest, I wouldn't be opposed to, I mean, we, we live on the East coast, obviously. So getting out to California is a bit of a hike, but you're in California. So getting over to our neck of the woods is, is a hike. So. Yeah. I was going to say, if it's in Anaheim, that's, that's a quick drive for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you if they, for whatever reason, don't put tickets, just like the stuff that goes on around the parks and around the convention center and just seeing, Chewbacca and the the Muppet Star Wars cast. Like these guys, people just dressed in Muppets but wearing like stormtrooper outfits, and it's it's crazy. The whole experience is insane. But like I said, that's light week for news. So on that note, I'm going to toss it to UBP for the cargo hold. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. The Cargo Hold segment is brought to you by Skyward Fun Supply. Skyward Fun Supply was born from a love of two things, Star Wars and the hobby of figure and toy collecting. They are a company that truly knows how fun the hobby of action figure and toy collecting is because they are collectors too, with over 30 years of experience in the hobby. Every item from Skyward Fun Supply is guaranteed to be in mint condition. Head over to www.skywardfunsupply.com and use code BSP10 to save 10%. So it's the exact opposite for Toy News this week and a half. Um, they hammered our wallets the last two weeks. And before we get into the news, um, we always start with our weekly pickups. So uh, we'll all start. I went pretty late this last week and a half. I did finally, however, after however many years, bought a, a New Hope poster and framed it and put it up in the living room. So it looks real nice, Clark. <laughs> um, and today in the mail, I got the new Star Wars Insider magazine. It's got a killer cover. Ooh. It's the Cantina. It's our favorite band members. I had no idea why, or I don't know what's in I haven't looked in it yet, or why that particular cover is what it is. But I did see something that Todd's going to be interested in. I don't know where it is, but there's going to be a Boba Fett-specific issue here soon. Oh, give it to me. So uh, that, that's happening. <laughs> I love, I I love Boba Fett so much. Anything I feel like I'm gonna be drowning in Boba Fett come like <laughs> December once Book of Boba Fett comes out. Hey, mm-hmm. my my collecting wallet is gonna be crying. I'm already feeling it with the uh, hot uh, the sideshow, uh, hot toys Boba Fett and throwing that we've talked about <laughs> me already throwing my wallet at as soon as it was announced. All right, Mac, did, uh, you, did you get anything this week? 
Star Wars? I did. Speaking of uh, Boba Fett, I got the retro Boba Fett Target exclusive. Um, my friend actually found one for me up in Seattle. Yes, exactly. Oh, nice. I got the uh, yellow head one, which is the one I wanted. Oh, nice. So. I was really excited about that. It's been a light week here, though. Um, I looked at a couple places. And if you guys have seen anything on my TikTok, you know I'm surrounded by like 40 collectible shops. I'm, I feel very fortunate, but pretty empty today. So I'll keep checking. Every time you do a like toy hunt or anything, I'm so jealous of the shops that you have nearby because I think our closest one is an hour away. And it's, it's insane. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I would I would I'm I'm sort of glad because, you know, I would be more broke than I am when it comes to Star Wars collecting. As you yeah. can see, it hurts my wallet. <laughs> I mean, your your collection is fantastic, though, so it's all worth it at the end of the day. It is. So I also picked up the uh, colorful Boba Fett. I love the card on this one because it's got that comic book look to it. Um but it's insane. I've seen people buy like six just to get the six different variations that there are, which is I don't know, bonkers to me that someone would want six of the same figure just because, you know, one head mold is red and one is yellow and one is purple and all of that. And then I got a bunch of more of the Bounty Hunters comics. So that's uh, that's a line I'm still enjoying. It's still insane. It's uh, my boy Boba. And you guys, you know me, I, I have to buy anything with Boba Fett on it, which is horrible considering they make he's so back. much Boba Fett merch. He's back. He's back. And he's the biggest cash cow for Star Wars when it comes to collecting and merch. Um, long story short, my daughter is in Paris, so she has my iPad and all my comics go to my iPad. So I can't like read the newest issues and it's driving me crazy to, to avoid spoilers. And it's really hard for us because Todd and I are always running these social media accounts for our, our podcast. We're on the internet a lot. We do a lot of gymnastics to not see things. Uh, so I can't wait for them to get back on Sunday so I can stop avoiding the Was internet. Was that the comic that had like Kira and Leia together on it? Because yep, I saw yeah. that and I don't read the comics that much, but mm -hmm. I was like, I need to read that and find out what that is. Yeah. Uh, so do yeah. you know about the War of the Bounty Hunters line yet? Or Okay, so basically it's like this big 35-issue crossover between a couple different Star Wars comic lines, but the, the War of the Bounty Hunters, the main line, uh, is basically Hans, or Boba Fett gets Han Solo taken from him right after Empire Strikes Back, and it's Boba Fett trying to get Han back, and they brought Kira into it, so it's uh it's spicy. It's it's a good time. If you're not like a, a big comic person, this is definitely one to check out because it is a really good, really good comic line that they've done. When they got to the last page of that first issue, I literally went, Oh my god. <laughs> All right, I'm so let's check let's, those out. If they, I we highly recommend it. They're they're so good. Uh, but let's get in. There's so there's so much, and I'm sorry uh, <laughs> beforehand that we're going to enable people to purchase these items uh, in advance. So we're going to start it's, off it's big <laughs> with Hot Toys. So Hot Toys decided to just go absolutely bananas and hit us with a Fennec Shan, Casca Reeves, Axe Wolves, a Super Battle Droid, Clone Wars Obi Wan, Clone Wars Anakin, Daddy Vanth, Return of the Jedi Scout Trooper and Speeder Bike, and a Hot Toys diorama of the Navarro Imperial Safe House. How many did you pre-order, Todd? <laughs> I so 
luckily for me, I don't think a lot of these have gone up for pre-order yet. It was more they were just announced and shown at um, Sideshow's last, this was a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, last like big unveiling uh, project or show or whatever they do. Um, but I'm getting Fennec whenever Fennec goes up. Just I mean, so I just yeah. want to recreate the the throne scene. That's all I care about. That's the only thing I want. So I'm getting Fennec. I'm, Casca and Axe I would get if I had Bo on pre-order. But I just hot toys are so expensive. And if I if I start diving down that rabbit hole, I'm gonna be hurting. You have to punt on everything else. Exactly. I might get the return of the Jedi Scout Trooper and Speed Right too if that ever goes up on for pre-order, just because I'm still on that big Return of the Jedi uh kick. And I I love my my scout troopers and my speeder bikes. I I'm considering Cobb Vanth. Uh, but I'm like I'm so holding out for record, like for them to just announce it already, because that's the one I really want. Um, but I'm also super interested in Costco Reeves because that's my girl Saucer Banks. So uh I'm I'm very tempted to get that. Although that super battle droid looks legit. Like that looks super good. No pun intended. Um, do you guys know what cos babies are from Hot They're Toys? like little they're just little tiny like it- I view them as like a Funko, like a more expensive Funko, obviously, but they're sort of the same style as Funko, in my opinion. Yeah. I think there was a line called Eggs at one point, and they remind me of that too, like that yeah. weird head-sized baby body type deal. But uh, anyway, we got two new of those coming out. We got a—they're both glow in the dark. One is Boba Fett, and it's green, of course. And the other one is a like a hologram version of Darth Vader. Uh, they're not for me. Uh, but I'm sure somebody loves these, so they're coming out. If you if you're a cos baby collector, you're you're in luck. <laughs> what about you, Mac? You gonna get one of these? So I have seen the cos babies before, but I don't collect them, and I haven't actually gotten into Hot Toys yet. Not because I don't want to, just because <laughs> you know the wallet gotta stay somewhere in the black series vintage collection price range for now but i love them and i also saw the new um ahsoka in rex it's not a hot toys but it's kotobukiya thank you i was (laughs) gonna butcher that completely it looks incredible and like just amazing and maybe one day for sure the the kotobukiya's are not expensive relative to the hot toys um, when they first announced Ahsoka and the base on the Ahsoka is like a half moon, I was like, well, that'd be really cool to have a, a, one that connects to that. And like the next day they had the Rex. And I was like, I'm a genius. <laughs> um, and just round out some more hot toys because they, they just went absolutely bananas. So the premium format, they are massive. They're, I, I want to say they're well over a foot tall, um, but we're getting the Death Star Remains fight between Rey and Kylo Ren. And they both look incredible. Um, that's what my that might be my favorite scene from the Red Skywalker. So, but these are way out of my price range, and I have nowhere to put them. Um, so, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not even going to attempt to look at these price wise. I want to say they're quarter scale. Yeah, one I think, fourth. I think all pretty. I want to say all the premium format figures are quarter scale, which I've seen pictures of people that have quarter scale, and they're no lie, like you said, like huge, well over, probably close to a foot. <laughs> And yeah, it's like your uh, custom, your Batman, your Batfleck. <laughs> He's thirty-two inches tall. Oh, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have moved him out of his spot. <laughs> I think he's massive. All right, and then uh, we're actually getting a premium format, General Grievous, which is crazy. 
it looks incredible. It's another one of those massively expensive things. Um, <laughs> not really looking forward to seeing the price tag on that either, but it looks like something that I would love to have in a collection if I had somewhere to put it. And then to round out Hot Toys, we're getting a Darth Sidious Mythos statue. I really like these Mythos statues. The Obi-Wan, the Maul that Mari has, um, Saz Ventress, and I think there's a Boba Fett one too, right? There, yeah, there is a, a mythos. It's not a statue. It's mm-hmm. uh, a mythos like f- f- figure. So it's um, the same scale as like the Din Djarin that you have. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's that. And they have an Obi-Wan mythos as well. So they're not those statues. The statues are gorgeous. Like, I would love to see a Boba Fett mythos statue. Yeah. Because I think they could get crazy with it. But uh, yeah, those are just standard standalone figure kind of uh, ones. All right, so Comic-Con at Home happened, as we mentioned, and they announced a jumbo Kenner-style Return of the Jedi Boba Fett, which is on card. These are the 12-inch massive, beautiful babies. Um, I think this one already sold out, to be honest. It wouldn't shock me. Anything Boba Fett is gone in a, in a heartbeat. I think the, I have seen people complain, though, that the, chi- the chest is a little, like, caved-in looking, which is, you know, I, luckily I don't collect these, these jumbo uh, gentle giant figures, but... I would if I was that would drive that's something that would drive me nuts just like looking at me and seeing the little like divot going in yeah. on the chest armor. I want the two they just announced. Well, they're recently announced. They announced this episode one Din Djarin, Jumbo Skinner, and they just announced the best car version with the fire rocket firing jetpack. Uh, I want both of them, but you have to be a premier member with Gentle Giant, and that alone is a hundred bucks. I think there's so, a couple tiers, but yeah, yeah that's so, how they get you is is those uh, premier guild yeah. exclusive figures, which I'm like, I'm already throwing tons of money at you. Don't yeah. make me throw more money yeah. just to buy more money or buy buy more of your stuff. Yeah, that's like if we paid made people pay to listen to our show, then just give us money. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Funko Pop. These these things will not go away. Um, they just they're, they're going to be here forever. Actually, they might outlive us, the human race. Um, but we got a new Hot Topic exclusive, General Grievous, with four sabers. I had the first Walgreens exclusive one and put it up on eBay just to see what I could get. I ended up selling it for 120 bucks. Like I, Then I regretted it because it's such a cool pop, but here we are. Um, and then, I don't know if these were... I just saw these today on Kylo Collector. Target exclusive retro series, Stormtrooper and C-3PO. They're kind of like comic-drawn-ish. Uh, they, those will be available starting August 15th. Uh, again, Target exclusive. So if you're like Todd and I, you're SOL. And if you're like Max, you'll probably find 30, 40 of them. <laughs> Speaking of Gentle Giant, my God, did they decide to just come at us again this week? I, I swear, 15, 16, 17 weeks in a row, Gentle Giant has just been bam, 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 bam. Um, they came hard with Mandalorian. We're getting a Death Watch mini bust. And a hologram version of Din Jaren. I don't. I didn't write down the scale, but I think it was half scale. It's That's probably half scale. It's, That's it's all. Huge. All their uh, legends and three dimension busts are half mm-hmm. scale, which is the only reason why I haven't gotten any of them. Because if I don't, I don't want a half scale when I've got the helmets and stuff. Yeah. I, I can just be the bust. True. <laughs> I'll just throw, <laughs> make like half the armor, and then um, I can just you know take a picture and put that up, and that's that's the same thing. Sit very still in your apartment. Exactly. I do uh, it for work meetings, so it works. <laughs> uh, this is a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, so I don't know how they're doing that. So check uh, you go to Gentle Giant's website. It's the first thing that pops up. 
Uh, and then lastly, from Gentle Giant, I did not see this coming, a Darth Maul minibus, which is also an SDCC exclusive. And it's inspired by Ian McCraig's concept sketches of Maul. So it has that um, tan jacket thing. <laughs> he had. The, the regal Darth Maul? Yeah, the regal Darth Maul. It's really cool. Um, we sent this to Mari, and she just replied back with a four-letter word. That was it. A non, not safe for work word. Yeah. She, yeah. I feel like we enable her so much just because she's a massive Darth Maul fan. And anytime I see anything Darth Maul, I'm just like, hey, here you go. Have fun. She's like, why do you do this to me? Why do you hate me? Why? Why do you? Why do you want to hurt my, my hurt my wallet? Yeah, we attack each other weekly with that kind of purchase. So we're, I think we're getting used to it. Uh, God, we just, I just hit you guys with a Target exclusive. So here's a Walmart exclusive, which is not great. Uh, but we're getting a ton of Clone Wars style TVC figures. I didn't see this one coming. What, what was your guys' thoughts when you, when you saw these pop up? I was super surprised because I feel like Disney doesn't acknowledge the original Clone Wars series. I mean, they did add it to Disney Plus, mm-hmm. but. I feel like they almost want the audience to not know about the old Clone Wars. And um, I'm really excited that these figures came out. Some of the figures are re-releases just on the new card back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited because I didn't get any of those the first time. So I was able to get all of the vintage collection figures. Um, and I was really excited, particularly about Barris because I think she's such a amazing character so i was happy about that i get the sense we're gonna see her in the ahsoka series some way some way some way somehow that'd be amazing (laughs) all you want is another barris ahsoka uh showdown i think some way i think it's gonna happen i really do if it's a flashback or whatever i I think we're gonna get some barris action i'm i'm right there with you on the the you know og clone wars i think it was such a it was i think one of the earlier things that I can remember seeing was, you know, getting on Cartoon Network. I think it was the late night Cartoon Network stuff too. So it wasn't even like primetime Cartoon Network. <laughs> it was like after hours Cartoon Network. Um, but the animation style was so cool and you get Dirge and I'm surprised we didn't get a Dirge figure, honestly, considering <laughs> he's now back in, in the in the fray. So he's uh Dirge Dirge is canon again. So they really could have used their instead because there's two arc troopers as a captain and a regular. They could have used Dirge instead of the regular arc trooper. Or the I'm sure part of it. Yeah, I'm sure part of it is just they have those molds. Yeah, for yeah. I mean, these are a lot of them are repacks of figures that they've already previously released for the vintage collection line. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dirge would have to be a completely new mold and would be insane because he's just such a oddly shaped character (laughs) the one that's not listed on here um that people in my comments they let me know because i called him an arc trooper but it's actually fordo yeah um, which was like a specific trooper so people in my comments made sure to let me know um that's not just any arc trooper and the heavy mandalorian that's not just any heavy mandalorian that's like paz Vizla, get it right yeah. So people let me know it's specific. It's not just like an arc trooper. This one matters. <laughs> uh, that's this one. That's funny you say that because of the new Black Series set that's coming out. One of it's all carbonized figures, and Paz Vizla is one of them. 
And I, I think when they announced this, I texted Todd and I was like, it's interesting. They used his actual name this time instead of the heavy Mandalorian. Um, so I'm assuming that means that he's going to play a bigger role eventually in the Mandalorian story. I was wondering that too, because it seems very intentional, like to release two separate figures with him just called heavy Mandalorian. And then to give him a name like that when it's John Favreau's show mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, it seems intentional yeah, for sure. Absolutely does. The only reason why I could see them changing it is just because I think the first heavy infantry Mandalorian came out either right after that episode came out that black series figure or right before. So because lead times and everything with toy production, I could see them just putting heavy infantry Mandalorian as a placeholder. Mm -hmm. And then now that the show's come out, we've seen Paz Vizsla know he has a name. They can actually put that on the box and everything. The only reason I disagree with that is because we still get the Mandalorian on figures. Okay, that's true. You're fair. All right. You know what? Thin jarn is just a mouthful. A point, though, because I know with like the manufacturing and stuff, it's decided so far ahead that I I could see that being the reason. I also never remember him being called Paz Vizsla. Maybe I just didn't watch close enough. But... No, it's just it's in the credits. It's one of those things that uh, was just pops up in the credits because I remember I, I was like three a.m uh psycho when it comes to mandalorian and i remember seeing vizsla and like freaking out over that and then the you know the the deep dive is it related to pre vizsla or is the the spelling slightly different and stuff like that so it's uh who knows we'll see didn't people figure that out because they were watching it on subtitles and when he spoke it came up paz yeah i think i know it's i know it's in the credits Mm mm-hmm as Paz Vizsla. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It is slightly different than pre-Vizsla, but I love that Vizsla is the same because John did uh, pre-Vizsla too. So mm-hmm. I feel like this was his way of double dipping and, and bringing the legacy of pre-Vizsla into live action. It's going to be, I can't wait. I kind of can't wait for it to come back. The season three for Mandalorian to come back. Cause I, I'm, I feel to my bones that the armor is a bad, bad, bad person. <laughs> and there's going to be a war between her zealots and Bo-Katan's Mandos. I just feel it. I was going to say earlier when you guys were talking about um, spoilers and rumors, this is like a spoiler free rumor that I've heard, but I heard that the season three is coming sooner than we think. And a lot of people assume because the book of Boba Fett is coming in December that like Mandalorians significantly after that. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, like, what if they just hit us back to back with something a little sooner? I don't know. I feel like that would be amazing. Please I know. You. I think I want to say the only like hiccup for Mando right now, and I think they're getting ready to start pre-production of, of Mando, but I know is that um, Pedro is in the last uh, the, yeah the last of us he's the lead in the last of us and that's still currently in production so unless he's doing another phone in uh just doing voiceover then they can get the ball rolling on mando season three and i don't have to wait a whole year between book of boba fett and seeing boba fett again in mando season three <laughs> yes yeah, it's not like they need him there you know <laughs> like maybe occasionally but we saw that in season one. Yeah. Um, 
so before I forget the rest of these black series carbonized set they announced. So it's all Mandalorian heavy with the exception of the last two. Um, so we're getting carbonized scout trooper from the Mandalorian. It's a target exclusive, a shore trooper from the Mandalorian, which is also target exclusive and the Paz Vizsla, which we mentioned, AKA the heavy Mando again, a target exclusive. Um, but then we're getting two, uh, clone wars movies. So these aren't, this isn't the clone wars. This is the OG movie, the odd art style <laughs> movie. <laughs> Uh, General Grievous and Mace Windu. And these are on vintage cards too. So they look like the original Clone Wars toys cards, which I'm a sucker for those. So they got me. <laughs> I already pre-ordered the Scout Trooper. I, you're on such a Return of the Jedi kick right now that I'm not shocked at it at all. <laughs> I, I, it's so, okay. So a little side tangent. One of my earliest memories from when I was a kid was going to Disney and we went to Star Tours and they had the speeder bike out front. And I, I just remember getting my picture taken on the speeder bike. So I'll always be a diehard uh, Scout Trooper fan for that reason alone. <laughs> Unless they start punching Grogu. And then, you know, we kind of kick them to the kick them to the side. These particular Scout Troopers are cool, though, because they're the remnant Scout Troopers. So they won't be like the shiny ones from Jedi Fallen Order. It'll be like beat up and kind of weathered. Know, that remnant look, which I think is so cool. And <laughs> just they're scrapping along together. <laughs> yeah there's one other black series um that i actually pre-ordered uh is the fordo i got lucky enough i was up really early and i did manage to get one for my friend because he loves fordo um but that one was hard to get people were very like going after that one more than the others so i hope my order doesn't cancel but i mean I it, it is Walmart, so it is, uh, you know, hit or miss on if they're going to randomly start canceling orders or who knows. I, I, I despise ordering stuff from Walmart just because it's they either send you the wrong thing or they send you busted stuff. So we'll see what happens or just cancel out. Right. Um, yeah. Did you are you going to try to get the um, Dave Filoni Black Series figure? I was actually going to bring that up. If you asked what's my like I'm hunting for next, I really want that figure. I know some people think he looks kind of weird, but I just feel like that's so iconic. Like, cause he made this world that we're all living in and yeah. he's obsessed with action figures and has like pushed Hasbro to do more. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want, I want that one. Yeah. I, I have not purchased a lot of Black Series, but I really want this one. So I can't wait to be disappointed by not getting it. <laughs> it's going to be rough, man. Yeah. It's, those Hasbro PulseCon exclusives are brutal to try and order. I think the last one was the uh, Armor, the yeah. Black Series Armor. And that was, I, I got one. And then, of course, I ripped it out of the box, which, you know. <laughs> upsets everybody that's an inbox collector with black series because those hasbro pulse con exclusives are in the nice fancy uh pull out boxes mm-hmm. the cad bane one as well yeah um, with, with toto i have the toto actually he sits on my desk i think he's just like <laughs> this little guy ever i'm so glad they brought him back because he deserves everything i love him uh well hasbro Gave us some stuff this. I think it was this morning or late last night. The lightsaber forge set they have, so they have a new version coming out. And if you, did you guys see these? They're really cool looking. So they're Darth Maul, Ahsoka, and the dark saber, but they are 
designed to look like the characters themselves. The the Darth Maul lightsaber it looks incredible. Like I'm really gonna I'm gonna try to get this one to give to Mario for Christmas. <laughs> so when you listen to this, Mari, happy Christmas. Um, but they are really really cool and generally not something I pay attention to most of the time. But these look really cool. And then to wrap up the massive toy news, <laughs> Iron Studios. Uh, I guess they just decided to go absolutely ham too. With the, did you guys see the pictures of the IG Eleven with Grogu on the speeder bike statue? Uh, unbelievable! Uh, it stands eight inches tall. I think it was twelve inches wide lengthwise. Um, three hundred thirty-five bucks, and you can start ordering it second quarter of next year. Uh, and then they went crazy, absolutely crazy again with the one-fourth scale Grogu legacy statue. And this is in episode, I'm sorry, season two of The Mandalorian, where he is meditating on the Jedi rock uh, with his eyes shut, just being all Jedi. Uh, nine and a half inches tall. <laughs> it's 520 bucks available at the same time, uh, quarter, second quarter next year. You can pre-order these now, I get, or soon, I believe. No, I think actually now for these two, you can pre-order now. Uh, you can do this actually through, I, we actually talked about this when Todd was thinking about getting the throne but with it from because this company is out of brazil but you can order these through sideshow and you don't have to pay that bananas shipping price from brazil i, I, I looked that up I meant to tell you that earlier todd oh okay i'm probably not going to get them because i'm on the hot toys train again but <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> uh two more iron studios uh, announced today from the mandalorian one fourth legacy replica of luke skywalker r2d2 and grogu from the uh, finale of season two. Yeah. Oh yeah. That heart, that tearjerker. Yeah. And then the Mandalorian art scale, one tenth deluxe speeder bike. Mando on the speeder bike. No prices were given for these two. I can only assume it's going to be a lot of money. So just hold on to your butts. Yeah. The, cool. <laughs> the quarter scale Luke. I will say the face looks a little off. That was my only complaint about that one. The um, compared to like the Fennec Shand mm-hmm. uh, one tenth scale that they did for the whole throne scene, like that that is spot on. Looks like Ming Na went, mm-hmm. but this Luke one looks a little, just a little off. You know what I think they did? I think they used the deep fake version, uh, and it just doesn't look good. But speaking of the deep fake, did you see Disney hired an artist who was like a pro at deep fake? images they, they well, hired he, the guy yeah he's the one that he like basically redid the deep fake of luke yeah um and his looks really good i mean it makes sense you know someone comes in they do a really good job and disney's like oh wow this guy's talented let's uh bring him in to do some more which makes me think are they going to start doing more uh de-aging some characters that we know so you know maybe we see a younger han solo pop up or you know more leia stuff because we've seen you know in rise of skywalker we saw young luke and young leia so it'd be cool to see them pop up again in in you know this mandoverse world or a de-aged qui-gon for an upcoming program (laughs) or a (laughs) de-aged ewan perhaps it's gonna be crazy things could get weird all right folks let's hop into our main topic and our main topic is Mac. <laughs> um, we met Mac through TikTok. So Mac, what do you what do you do? What is your Star Wars obsession like? What what got you into Star Wars? 
So my introduction into Star Wars definitely came from like a film perspective because I've always loved Star Wars, but when I was getting more into film, it really solidified my obsession with how the movies were made and I've continued to love them. And I would say in me personally, I think I'm similar to a lot of fans who had a real resurgence with when Disney bought Star Wars and then the sequels. I my obsession like was so reinvigorated because love them or hate them, the sequels brought Star Wars back to like the forefront of people's minds. And it was just incredible to be able to see it. And I was lucky enough to attend the premiere of Solo, which was like one of the most amazing times in my life. And I was I just felt so happy that Disney you know, is like making these films. And so it's really just amped my obsession. And then I started collecting um, in COVID. So that's really when I started just collecting and going for it. And it's really kept me going during, you know, quarantine, meeting people over the internet, but also like seeing people in person who are also collecting. And it's been great. Uh, so let's just do the Star Wars questions that everybody asks. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? My favorite movie, controversial, is The Last Jedi. Ooh, spicy. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I love that movie because it's heavy on Poe, and I'm a big Poe guy. So I, I'm a big fan of The Last Jedi. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. What uh, your fa- How many times did you see it in a the theater? Only twice, I want to say, but I've seen it, obviously, since then, countless times. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it twice in the theaters, back-to-back nights. What about you, Todd? Uh, I only saw Last Jedi once in theater, but then I've watched it plenty of times. I know you said you got back into Star Wars because of you know the film side of it, so I'm guessing, are you a big fan of like the behind-the-scenes documentaries, so the the Last Jedi making of kind of documentary and and other behind the scenes documentaries like that. I'm obsessed with those and they actually make me really emotional actually, because when I watch those, I'm so like, like jealous isn't even the right word. It's just like when I watch that, I'm just so in awe of the technology behind what they're doing. And I just want to be on the film side doing what they do. So it's very inspiring, I guess is a better word. And, I was actually just watching the making of the Mandalorian, um, the episode about the score was just uh, incredible. Everything they did for that and how different it is from John Williams music, but still so evocative of emotion. It was great. So I do love those behind the scenes. movies. Do you have a favorite of the behind the scenes? I know they've kind of obviously made a, a resurgence with the behind the scenes content with since Disney bought it prior to that, we didn't really get a whole lot of documentary style behind the scenes. We had a couple, but um, do you have like a favorite behind the scenes? I know you said you're a big last Jedi fan, so I would guess maybe the last Jedi one, but you're correct. The last (laughs) Jedi one, they focused a lot on behind the scenes for last Jedi way more than they had um, with like JJ Abrams force awakens and then rise of Skywalker. I feel like Ryan Johnson really wanted the, just like behind the scenes um it was yeah it's incredible i i could watch that like over and over again so cool i i love the behind the scenes stuff a lot myself i'm an artist so i love concept art i love storyboard art like it's so 
it's basically just sketches, but it's my absolute favorite part of any show or movie. Um, but the Last Jedi specifically is concept art is probably the best across the board for Star Wars, in my opinion, excluding Ralph McQuarrie, obviously. But um, there's some really killer concept art. Uh, the one that pops into my head is the Kylo versus Luke on crate. Uh, it's just an awesome, dark. It, it's just it just you can see emotion in a picture like a draw. It's crazy. <laughs> Get me started on that. <laughs> Um, if you hate Last Jedi, which I totally respect anyone's opinion who does not feel the same as me, mm-hmm. I think anyone can agree that it's beautiful. Like cinematography, all the elements, the set design. The Last Jedi is a gorgeous film. And I think like the scene where Ray and Luke are just sitting there in the temple and the light is like shining down in Ock 2 mm-hmm. is like one of the most beautiful scenes I've, in Star Wars. So yeah. it's... It is incredible. The storyboarding they did for that is insane. I love Crate. Crate's such a cool planet. It looks so good when just just the track marks from the ATATs and the gorillas. Love it. <laughs> uh, but what you obviously have a massive collection that you've. Um, I assume you justify it the same reason Todd and I do for content. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite line to collect right now? I'm all about the Black series. I think that's where I started. And actually, I shouldn't say that. I started with Funko. Um, I I have a friend who, because I'm from Seattle, so I had a friend who introduced me to Funko since the headquarters are up there and it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, these are really cool. And it's actually funny. One day I was in GameStop looking for a Funko or something and I saw a Black Series Cal Kestis, a Black Series Second Sister, a black series i don't even know i think it was theron and i was like those are weird didn't didn't know about them and now i'm like why didn't i buy those back then i should have bought those I just yes got exactly <laughs> that exact Thrawn. um, um it's funny because now i'm like obsessed with black series and don't collect funko anymore so Oh, how the tables have turned. But I did start with Funko. I was going to say, I know for me, BP, you might be different, but I was also like Funko was my gateway into Star Wars collecting. And I feel like that should just be Funko's tagline. Like, we'll be your gateway into bigger collecting. Um, It it started out with, you know, a couple of Funko Pops and then Black Series and then where did I go from Black Series? I think I went Black Series to Hot Toys and now I'm back to Vintage Collection. So... It's yeah. So I'm originally from Ohio, where Kenner's from. Um, so Kenner is Southwest Ohio. I'm from Southeast Ohio. So when I fell in love with Star Wars and learned that Kenner, I love the vintage Kenner figures. When I learned that it was in Ohio, I was like, oh man, this is great. So this was my gateway. Power of the Force was my gateway. I love the three and three quarter inch figures. Um, I was super bummed that they stopped making them for the last movie. Uh, but the the TVC line has been my saving grace i guess yeah i hear you power of the force figures are incredible i i have a couple myself and they are just i love the detail they put into those figures they made so many they they made literally every character it's it's crazy and i there's this whole thing in the collecting world where it's like a 30 year itch so after 30 years of products been out that's when it becomes super popular again and we are actually coming up unbelievably on 30 years for Power of the Force. 
um, being released. So I have a feeling, and it's already starting to take a little bit on eBay where prices are starting to go up on just regular characters. Um, so I can only assume it's just going to get higher and higher. It's always a bigger toy. <laughs> yeah. Speaking so. of that, I was going to ask you guys, have you ordered the Razor Crest by chance? I did not. <laughs> I I very much was on the fence because I'm a huge Mando fan. Uh, when they, they announced the HasLab project, I was like, oh, maybe I'll pull the trigger on this. Maybe I won't. Eventually, I, I decided not to just because I didn't want to get into the vintage collection line. And then of course I got into the vintage collection line. So now I hate myself for not getting it and I don't have the space for it. Like I've got the uh, vintage collection slave one that I picked up recently. And that thing is huge. Like the size on that, I did not expect. So I'm kind of glad I didn't just from a space aspect because I have nowhere that I would put the razor crest, but it's these has lab projects are insane. I remember when they did the uh, Java sail barge, the Katana, that is massive. I, I'll see those pop up every now and then. They go for, I think, twice what they uh, I mean, initially came out at. But the, the vintage toy shop that we go to has one uh, loose, and it's crazy money. <laughs> yeah, it's like they want two grand for it, but it's, yeah, yeah the, the HasLab ones are nice. The Razor Crest is nice. A little bit glad I didn't, considering what happened to it <laughs> in uh, Mando Season 2, but, you know... <laughs> It, uh, I, it is what it is. I did not order. I, I have nowhere to put it. We, Todd and I both live in D.C., so our spaces aren't large. Um, but it's funny, when that came, when they announced it, I was like, I really want this. If I buy it, I, I have nowhere to put it, and my wife will kill me. So I decided to make the Pulse Blaster, which you can see hanging behind me here. And it also was destroyed in that same scene. So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Poor Mando. Dan's going to be walking into season three with a whole new outfit and a whole new set of weapons and a whole new set of <laughs> and a whole new ride, probably. So our guy likes the shop, so he's excited. <laughs> it's horrible for collecting, though, because now oh he's, be he's becoming Boba Fett, where there's like eight different variations for one character. Like Boba Fett's guy, proto Boba Fett, Empire Strikes Back, Boba Fett, Return of the Jedi, Boba Fett. Book Holiday. of Boba Fett, Holiday, Holiday Boba Fett, pre-pro Boba Fett. There's like, yeah, it's it's horrible. It hurts my soul every time a new Boba Fett figure comes out because I'm like, well, this is, I have this figure, but not in this color scheme. So he's been on what two years, and I already, I have seven figures of him beside me. No, eight. Sorry, of Din. Yeah, just Din. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. Everything's fine. I have the Black Series with like the Din Djarin and the Child Target exclusive. And a lot of people didn't like that one because they thought Pedro Pascal's likeness was not reflected. But I really like that because a couple years from now, when like the Mandalorian's not going anymore, I can look back and be like, what a strange moment in time where they released this figure. And I, it's just so unique. I love that. Do you have... The chubby cheeked Pedro. Do you yeah. have Mac? Do you have this TVC of Din? Walmart exclusive. I have, sure do. Have you ever looked at Grogu's feet? No, I haven't. Do they look weird? He's got just the tiniest, cutest, the tiniest, cutest little feet in history. <laughs> Did you get your pin that you were supposed to get with that? Nope. I oh, didn't either. <laughs> I completely forgot that they were supposed to come with a pin. Yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah. 
I just so, surprised I got a card that wasn't bent or destroyed in any way, shape, or form. So I was I was happy. Me too. I completely agree. And then there's the separate head sculpt on that one too, like hidden behind the yeah, yeah, yeah. card, um, which I I'm so happy about. Yeah, and it looks to be a lot better too. Well, it is. It's better yeah. than the black series. Well, better in that like it looks more like Pedro Pascal, but I like the weird weird likeness on the black series one yeah. that's like my favorite thing and it's pretty cool like these are small but the Comtono still opens like there's you can see that it opens like little hatches oh i'll have to look closer at mine i have three mando vintage collections i have the original actually okay i think i have four i took the retro, <laughs> I took the retro sticker off and it looks so much better that does look better that one's a good one. I actually don't have that one. Um, I thought four was enough, but I have like the regular Mando pre Beskar, Beskar. Then I have the Walmart exclusive set, and then I have like the carbonized. Why I got all these? Don't ask me. Because just... you, because you can because it's collecting. It's yeah. it's part of the fun of it. Is is grabbing as many figures as you can and then dealing with figuring out where to put them later. <laughs> exactly it's it's honestly it's a it's a rush to to look for and find it's it's like a drug like you look for these things forever and then you actually find one particularly if you find one in the wild i mean that's there's a serotonin pop there that you can't you just can't explain to people like my wife doesn't get it at all um <laughs> that i collect toys like i'm an adult and i have a lot of toys <laughs> you got a lot of plastic spacemen around you i mean i have a whole just group of shirtless toys right mm -hmm. here <laughs> that are wrestling. They're wrestling. it's all one guy that I, I just make custom versions of because that's how i justify my collecting of wrestling figures i just got the one guy <laughs> but there's seven million figures of this one guy so i'm just not smart um uh, where were we todd <laughs> i know you said during the pandemic it's kind of is there like anything any reason why you just recently got into it is yeah, I know you said Funko, but is there sort of a catalyst that kind of went from there? Yeah, so the December before COVID was when Rise of Skywalker came out. Mm -hmm. I, yes, it was. I thought it feels like a lifetime ago. I, yeah, um, absolutely. And we had a secret Santa party at work, and me being like the resident Star Wars nerd in my office, uh, the person who had me got me a Black Series Kylo Ren from it was like the supreme leader and i looked at it and i was like oh cool and then i like took it home and then i was shopping like a month later at a walmart and i saw the ray with the do and i was like don't i kind of have to get it because then ray and kylo ren like i kind of have to um and it literally snowballed to where then like the galaxy's edge collection came out at target and i was like Ooh, but I have to get every single one of those. And then I did. And then it really spiraled out of control <laughs> from there. Were you able to get the Captain Cardinal Black Series? Yes, I have him. He's right above me. Um, which, by the way, the Phasma book um, with him in it. And then he's in the other Black Spire book. Incredible character. Very underrated. People don't know a lot about Cardinal, but... He's incredible. Uh, I can brag a little bit about Captain Cardinal, and I hate talking about myself like this, but I 
make I make custom toys. So I made a custom 12 inch Captain Cardinal by using a Phasma and a Stormtrooper. I just swapped the head and painted it red and painted it all up. But and I tweeted it and Delilah Dawson, the author, saw it and, no fo- and she followed me and sent me a DM and asked me for one. So if you go to her Twitter, she just posted a picture of her collection. You'll see my Captain Cardinal custom figure on her top shelf. That uh, is amazing. She's so cool. She sent me a care package and her stickers are hilarious. They they say, you met Delilah Dawson and did not get knifed in the stomach. <laughs> that is so cool. That is incredible. I would love to see that. The Cardinal, you should, I'll follow you on something and ask this photo, but that that would be amazing. I, I love Cardinal. I think he's just like the definition of like what Star Wars is about. You know, he's such a like hero and I don't know. I think he's awesome. Uh, when I read Black Spire, um, it was early in this podcast. It was before Todd came on and I finished it and I texted our group chat at the time. I was like, someone has to read this book. I have to talk to you about Cardinal. <laughs> And nobody read it at like forever. And then, but after I read Black Spire and then went to Galaxy's Edge, like within like a month, it was so perfect. Like if, if you go to Galaxy's Edge, read that book first. Cause it's like a history book. <laughs> it really is. And people who read that book, I feel like can understand the importance of like everything that they do at Galaxy's Edge is really intentional. Um, which I read that book. Well, I should say I listened to it, the audio book. Um, also, I would say, this is a side note, but if you also play the Oculus game, Tales from Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. if you can combine all of that, the book, the Oculus game, which I'm a huge proponent of, and then Go, I feel like you have an understanding of what it's all about and the backstory, which it's really cool. You better immerse yourself in Galaxy's Edge and the craziness of it all. Yeah. I assume you, you've been... I just got to go. It was absolutely incredible. I think probably the best time at Disneyland I'll ever have because it was when it was still limited capacity. I rode the Millennium Falcon twice, first thing, and then got a boarding pass for Rise of Resistance. Spent the whole day like in Star Wars and then got a boarding pass for the new Spider-Man Web Slingers and spent the second half of the day in Avengers. Um, and that's like very unlike, like unlikely to get both. And it was just one of the best days of my life. And I spent a ton of money and I ate all the food and drank a cocoa puff cold brew calf. And it was just like amazing. It was a good day. I'm so jealous. I still haven't been to Galaxy's Edge. I was supposed to go last last year. I don't even know at this point. Time is, you know, irrelevant. Um, and I'm just jealous of anybody whenever I see people like showing pictures of rise of resistance or being on the millennium Falcon or drinking blue milk or green milk or any of that. So hopefully if I don't get down there before celebration, my, my plan is to like land in Anaheim and then sprint over to galaxy's edge, like dragging my suitcase with me. <laughs> Mac, did you try the green and the blue? Yes. I've what, tried both. What did you prefer? Honestly, I feel like the green is better, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I would say the green. One of them tastes really bad, and I feel like it was the blue one. Not I, the blue was my favorite. I loved it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. But the one I drank, and I was like, "Oh, that is not right." But one <laughs> was good, and I think it was the green. 
it, it makes so sense. Cool. You're a you're a Last Jedi fan, so obviously the green milk is the superior <laughs> one for you. That is that is true. I, I assume in your place of work, you're the Star Wars person that people talk to. Yeah, I I am. Um, still am. People. There was a girl on my team who was like, I've never watched one. Where should I start? And I was like, you've never watched one? Oh, my God. Start with Rogue One. That's like the perfect place to start because Rogue One's just a masterpiece. And like it gives you the vibe without being too heavy. And uh, I went through this whole thing and everyone was like, all right, chill. <laughs> you explain like how it all blends into each other. And it's like, well, first, if you watch like the first half of this one and then jump to this one and then go back to this one. Yep. Pretty much. And back when we were in office all the time, my desk was like covered with, I had Funkos. um, I had the one Kylo Ren black series that I had and um, people would come to my desk because I had like this very rare 18 inch Kylo Ren glow in the dark um, sample pop. Nice. I don't know how I got that. It was a gift. (laughs) But um, People were like, wow, you like really like Star Wars. I'm like, yeah. You just say, no, I'm just a casual fan. Like, I've, I've, I watched it occasionally. Yeah, I don't like it that much. <laughs> so how, so how, did your, how did your TikTok come about? Like, how did, like it grew really fast. It did. Um, it's officially been a year. So it's been like exactly a year on TikTok. Um, and when I started, I didn't really have any followers. I was just posting my collection. I had like 80 followers. Um, and then I moved to California and I posted a video of one of the collector shops around here. Um, and I think that really skyrocketed my page because all of a sudden I had like way more followers. Um, and I think I also not to like toot my own horn, I don't mean it that way, but I think I put that store almost to my own detriment way too much on the map because now they never have anything. And I'm like, I did this to myself. <laughs> You're showing all your, your secret spots and, and where to get everything. I am, but I'm not a gatekeeper because I hate when people do that. So like, if someone asks me, like, I'll give you the address, I'll tell you where it is. But, um, yeah, the video went way more viral than I thought it would. You know how TikTok is. Sometimes one video will just be like, oh, crazy. yeah, absolutely. You you put out stuff that you're like, oh, this will do really well. And it does terrible. And then you put out something like, oh, this will this this might do OK. And then it ends up on the for you page. And you're like, well, this yeah. this I did not expect this at all. Totally the same with my most recent jump. I grew um i like doubled my amount of followers because i posted on the um lucasfilm campus i posted a video of like the yoda fountain and the naboo palace of fine arts thing um and there are quite a few people who like work for ilm and lucasfilm saw it and they were like hey you're at my work i'm like oh this went way more viral than i thought it was hi (laughs) you want to give me a behind the scenes tour of the place yeah, exactly. So that's why I think my page really grew is those random viral videos. But um, I love it. I don't I'm not doing it for the followers. I definitely am doing it for the Star Wars community because that's been obviously the best thing about TikTok. I didn't know there were so many people like us who collected things. And it's just been it's been incredible. It definitely got me through the pandemic. 
Like, I don't know what I would have done without the Star Wars community for sure. That's definitely, I know, because we just started ours a few months ago, and you were one of the first ones that we found, because as you know, we're both big collectors ourselves. So one thing we were, it's like, oh, more Star Wars collectors. Perfect. We can all uh, share how much we have no money because we buy all, all these uh, plastic spacemen. Um, yeah. But it's the the Star Wars community on TikTok is uh, is amazing, and it's it's nice when you you know there's the Star Wars Twitter community, there's the Star Wars TikTok community, and just jumping between the two. If one is a little more toxic, I'm like I'm gonna go to the Star Wars <laughs> TikTok community and and you know post pictures of me, you know crying over Boba Fett uh, figures. Exactly. Um, I. <laughs> I collect helmets, so I have a hard time with space. Um, so we, Todd and I were talking, I guess technically off-air, but on-air, about what Black Series helmets could be coming up in the future. Uh, who has not been made that either one of you guys would like to see made? Hmm, that's a tough one. I have one helmet. I have the Mando helmet. Which I'm very happy about. I think it would be really cool to see uh i don't know if they announced it i think they just announced the loyalist i would like to see a bo-katan helmet at some point i know people have made their own and i think those are incredible amazing um another one that i i know it's out i just don't have it is the shadow trooper um that's i know that's not one that hasn't been made yet but that's just incredible yeah I, that's like on my bucket list i Literally. i got that one and it's really funny how i got it because my my family despite my involvement in all this couldn't be completely more on the opposite end of things when it comes to nerdy or star wars or anything collecting um randomly for my birthday one year i got a giant package in the mail from my mom and i opened it and it was the the shadow trooper helmet the black series i was like how because my, my parents live in the middle of nowhere, Appalachia, Ohio. They don't have the internet. I don't know how <laughs> she got it. Like, I, and I was just like, how did you, A, know about this, and B, get this? Because it was impossible to find. She said, I don't know. I just, but your sister had a link, and I bought it. <laughs> I that's like, oh, amazing. I guess that's all we need to do is just happenstance. <laughs> that's amazing. I got super lucky to get my helmet. Um, big Bad Toy Store saw some of my videos. And they sent me that helmet, which oh, is that's cool. That's awesome. One of the coolest things that's ever <laughs> happened to me. Um, in the the video I did of it, the review um, that was for them. So that was probably one of the coolest moments ever. <laughs> I would because I didn't have any helmets, and now I have one. So and it's actually really comfortable. I was gonna um, say I've I've got that one, and it's. Yeah surprising how because i've got a custom one that i had made when mando first came out because i was like i need a helmet like i love this show i need a helmet so went and, and got someone found a prop maker who makes the helmets it's gonna say yeah vp's got the wall of helmets oh my gosh that's <laughs> crazy the boba fett is signed the infus nest is my newest one uh i built pretty much all of these except for that one you the have a uh, i don't have zori i want to do it just it's gold is hard but i'm actually trying to i'm building a loki crown right now from the show so i'm, I'm trying a new gold technique and if i can get it i'm going to do a zori Bliss helmet 
Well, that's my answer to your earlier question upon <laughs> further thinking. Zori um, would be amazing. Also like a Fennec. I think Fennec's going to happen. I honestly yeah. do when yeah. the Book of Boba Fett comes out. So speaking of ones that I would like to see, um, Fennec I think would be awesome just because I guarantee we're going to have nonstop Book of Boba Fett stuff. And we've already got the re-armored Boba helmet that's coming out. Uh, Fennec makes sense. Any other bounty hunter characters that show up, I could see them maybe making them. I know the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi is around the corner, so finger, I, big fingers crossed for me that they make a Black Series Scout Trooper helmet, just because I feel like that would be super fun, because the, if they do it how I hope, the visor would be able to pop up. So like you'd be able to pop the face mask up and then just like so I could walk around, you know, casually chill like Ezra. Um, yeah, like Ezra, basically. <laughs> uh, uh, Is the one right now a scout trooper helmet? Not Black Series. Hmm. Interesting. I, I think if they do a 40th anniversary, that'll, that's like the no brainer, right? Either that or um, the bounty hunter that Leia pretends to be. Is it? Uh, yeah, that would be a good one. Or um, Lando's helmet. When he's on the skiff, the skiff guard helmet. Yeah, yeah. I they just... never did the obvious choice, though. I mean, if you think about the the fact that the shadow trooper helmet even exists, or the cardinal helmet, it's like mm-hmm. who? That's so random. Yeah. I mean, I love those, but yeah. I never do the ones that I'm like, oh, that would make sense. I mean, if they really <laughs> wanted to go nuts, and like you said, they did Captain Cardinal, which is super niche in in the Star Wars alone. They could do Infus Nest. It would be an absolute bear to package because it's so big and so many attachments. Um, but it'd be really cool. Yeah, it would. I need I, more, more I solo have, content. <laughs> I have Infus on my shelf, and she's so big. I actually had to take it apart to put it on the shelf. So four pieces are laying behind it because I couldn't have it on the shelf because it's so it's just obnoxiously large. Yeah, man, I'd love to see more of that character, Infus Nest. <sighs> Please give me a Disney Plus show of the Cloud Riders. Yeah. Please. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your animation project, if you can. Yes, um, it's called Adventures of the 501st. And I do some stuff for the script. I did some of the early storyboards. And um, I kind of just help with general production coordination. We have our lead animator. He is incredibly talented the stuff he's doing looks like to me better than some of the early clone wars animation and i think it's just really great and i'm super excited to be on the project we are working on our first episode i can't tell you exactly when it'll come out but um it's been it's been really exciting and we did drop a teaser so we've dropped two teasers that you can check out on the Adventures of the 501st YouTube, which I I still go and watch them. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> it's just so amazing. Well, that sounds awesome. it sounds exciting. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm definitely gonna have to check out whenever you guys drop your uh first episode. I'm always a fan of seeing fan made content and anything with animation is always fun. So Yeah, there's another animated project I'm really excited about by Hello There Animation. He's doing the Clone Wars um, end scene from Revenge of the Sith. And it's like the fight on Mustafar with Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan and Anakin, but done in Season 7 Clone Wars rigs. Um, 
And the work that they are doing is very impressive and wonderful. And I would love to see that. I mean, how cool is that? The Mustafar duel. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in that, anim- that animation style is just, I remember watching Siege of Mandalore and I was like, oh my goodness, this is, give me, give me this in a theatrical experience because this is gorgeous. So and more of that. And then such a cinematic fight scene in that animation style. Like, yes, please. <laughs> Those episodes, um, it's crazy. When you go back and watch the last, I think it's like two or three of Clone Wars season seven, it's incredibly emotional, like almost more so than other Star Wars content and the score with those, the animation, the fight that they mo-capped out with um, Ahsoka and Maul in the mm-hmm. throne room. Just some of the most like technologically advanced, beautiful things I've seen out of Star Wars. And I could watch that all day. I could like watch that on repeat. It was so cool. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like we say it every single week that we just want to see that those last four episodes as a movie released in a theater. <laughs> of season I seven. would 100% see that. Right? It was so good. <laughs> I think the best thing about season seven of the Clone Wars and, and just more animation is that I feel like animation sometimes gets put down compared to the live action Star Wars stuff. So when we get stuff like season seven of Clone Wars, we get the Bad Batch, which has been a gorgeous show uh, animation wise. I think it it brings animation sort of more to the forefront. And that's great because I think that Star Wars storytelling with animation, we talked about it, I think, a couple weeks ago. Um, it the, the storytelling is always amazing in animation. Rebels continues to be one of my favorite animated shows because of the character development and the storytelling that's done through that series. I totally agree. I think Rebels is some of the best writing that exists in Star Wars. And it really ties together. You know, some people might say it's retconning, but I don't think it is. I think it's like masterful weaving of screenwriting between things that tangentially kind of make sense, but like they Filoni connected all of those dots in Rebels in a way that like... I'm not ashamed to say it. I think I cried like three times watching Rebels and I'm like, this is just absolutely it. i did too Beautiful. Like, just just uh kanan's spoiler death scene alone like ugh. <laughs> I know. well it gets me i saw the calicori or i don't exactly remember how to pronounce that but Hera's family heirloom mm-hmm. when i was at galaxy's edge and i was like "Ooh, that kind of hurts i don't like <laughs> i don't know how i feel about this this is a little too emotional for me yeah, that's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> How dare you? First off, that's if I ever meet Dave in person, Dave Floyd in person, <laughs> the first thing I'm going to be is like, first off, love your work. Second off, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> and honestly, when we were at Celebration, I can't believe we didn't run into. Him. I feel like every person I know in the Star Wars universe met Dave Filoni at Celebration this past time in 2019. Well, he just casually roams around, yeah. and he was at the uh, Ahsoka meetup with um, with Ashley, Ashley from. Yeah. In, her universe and all that so it's crazy just the people i remember i was waiting in line um for the mando uh overflow room for the the premiere i guess the when they showed some of the footage and stuff like that that panel um and anthony daniels just walked by and he's like hey how you guys doing i was like what like what are you doing here just casually i think he was like on his way to the bathroom but he just like casually walked by and started chatting with everybody i was like this is this is insane when i was at the premiere of solo uh woody harrelson walked by me and i was like <laughs> double take i'm like was that woody harrelson and it was and it was just so casual 
And I was like, the world of Star Wars, this is just crazy. Like, he, he's incredible in Solo. Like, people don't give him enough credit yeah. in that movie. It, it, a lot of people don't give that movie enough credit, but everybody in that movie gave an unbelievable performance. Also, another thing I want to talk about, I was watching Solo the other day, just, you know, going through it. They say it so casually, but he's like, oh, yeah, I killed Aura Singh. I'm like, I want to see that. I want to see that story. Like, I'm big fingers crossed that we get something more with with Solo, because I think, you know, either in Disney Plus, now that we have Disney Plus and they've explored, you know, different series, we're getting limited series with like Kenobi. We're getting stuff like Book of Boba Fett. I would love to see either some follow up series to Solo. Or something that, you know, fills in the gap with Solo, where we see something like Beckett killing Aura Singh in, in one way or another. Or if she, that you know, they do that in animation. Or I would just want to see more of those characters, because I think that movie is such a fun Star Wars experience. Like, I remember, I saw it four or five times in the theater and left every time smiling. So yeah. I want, give me more of those characters. Give me more Donald Glover, uh, Lando. Give me more Alden, Han Solo. Give me more... Uh, Clark. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, War of the Bounty Hunters. I don't want to spoil too much for you, but the the doors that they've opened with that, I mean, they they can get real crazy with some of the solo stuff. So, well, they actually in um, season seven of the Clone Wars, there was a scene where Dryden Boss was standing with like the Pikes and some other people, and they were mm-hmm. talking about Crimson Dawn. And I was like, I wonder if Baloney is setting the stage for like future events because it was so casual the way dryden was just standing there but i'm Mm -hmm. like that's intentional you don't just do that and then there's like no follow through i mean maybe you would but i don't know like i want to see more Uh, i mean dave doesn't do anything unless there's a reasoning behind it yeah well and it makes sense with maul because maul was in charge of the crime syndicates at the time so having crimson dawn show up and obviously in solo we find out you know that maul is pulling the strings with crimson dawn um, but yeah, I, I, I'm convinced we're going to see Dryden show up in Bad Batch at some point or Crimson Dawn show up, which if we see an animated Amelia Clark as Kira or an animated Han Solo or something, I'm just, I'll, I'll lose my mind. If we start seeing like original trilogy characters in animation for the Bad Batch, like you see Rex casually talking to Leia and Han or something like that. Like, give me that. Give me more of that. That would be amazing. I, I know we're not talking about the Bad Batch in this episode, but we gotta talk about, and there's spoilers if you haven't watched it yet, just come back in two minutes, or fast forward two minutes. We 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 were introduced to TKs today. TK Troopers. Like, that's... With Ralph McQuarrie concept art. Yeah. That's absolutely gonna Beautiful. be absolutely gonna be a Funko, a TVC, and a Black Series coming soon. Guaranteed. <laughs> Prepare your wallets. Yeah. I love I love when they bring in anything Ralph McQuarrie concept art. They've done it with Mando. They've done it with Rebels. They've done it now with Bad Batch. So give me I, it seem, Ralph just is the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to Star Wars design. It's crazy. Yeah. It was amazing. And I loved how it was so ominous. And that's what I thought was just so incredible about the episode, because now it feels like the Empire. Like it felt like clones. And then it's like, okay, this is the Empire. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, it was incredible. And I also thought Hunter, I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I, 
if I was a betting man, I was like, this dude's about to get baked. (laughs) Will he keep the bandana though? Or is the bandana going to come off? (laughs) I'll be shocked. It's it's part of him. It it was grown on him. (laughs) (laughs) He can't remove the bandana ever. It's part of him. (laughs) I, I wonder why tech being as smart as he is, is not like more he hasn't even thought of a way to like tell all the other clones and be like look this is what we did and it worked like i'm sure there are certain calm channels that he could be smart enough to figure out i feel like what's weird about the bad batch is that they're so unconcerned with the larger ramifications of the chips Mm -hmm. and it's almost like they don't care which seems kind of odd to me um after what happened to Wrecker, you think they'd be like, this is serious. Um, let's do something. Or even Crosshair. Like, do they not care that other clones could be, like, fixed? I mean, they I, did. They set a precedent, right, of them not caring for the regs. But I think this is going a little too far. <laughs> I do, but you want them on your side, though. I, I know, right? I, I, think, I think what you said is going to come up soon. I think they're going to realize that. Because they just met the TKs, and now the TKs aren't clones. And now, the, and when Tech tried to use the clone codes and it didn't work, I think they're going to realize that their world is rapidly shrinking, and they're going to then, when it's too little, too late, type thing. Unfortunately, yeah, I I do think that I do think that um, the whole crosshair chip thing is going to come up now that they've put Hunter and Crosshair back in the same room. Which means that the rest of the bad bit bad batch is going to be meeting up with Hunt or with Crosshair again. So I think that whole chip conversation is like, no, you're actually brainwashed. Like you don't want to do this. And I think that's when we're going to see whether or not there's a redemption arc for Crosshair, or if he's not really being uh, controlled by the chip and is rather just loyal to the Empire now. What if they double down and put a chip back into Hunter? Oh, that'd be crazy. That would be crazy, but I feel like that's too, like, that would be amazing writing, but it's not what they're, (laughs) not the vibe we're going for. I will say, I remember seeing a tweet from uh, Kevin Kiner, the the person, I think him and his brother do all the music score for uh, Bad Batch, and they were working on, like, the finale score, and he said, like, this is very emotional, so something's going to happen that's going to, you know, Dave sucker punching us all in the gut as we're it's going to be like uh or seeing order 66 again on repeat with every animation project that dave does i know what they're yeah. gonna do they're gonna hold door my boy wrecker and it's gonna destroy me <laughs> he's gonna they try to not. they're gonna try to he's gonna try to save everybody with his strength and his child brain but no <laughs> leave my boy alone <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. I mean, there is going to have to be that payoff because yeah. this everything has gone so like. There, yes, there have been close calls, but um, clearly, we don't see the bad batch like in other things yet. And I mean that you could say that that's because obviously the bad batch hadn't been invented yet, but also like that needs to be explained away. So. I don't think everyone's making it out scot-free. At least that's what I think. I don't think so either. I mean, we whether or not all of the Bad Badge makes it to, because I'm sure there's going to be future seasons of this, um, makes it to future seasons, I don't 
think that Crosshair will make it to future seasons. I think we will see the end of Crosshair at the end of this season. Either that or he'll get a redemption arc and someone else will have to die to achieve that purpose. Like sacrifice themselves for Crosshair or whatever. Um, Resistance, which is, you know, underrated, not the best um, like story in the Star Wars universe, but still with merit. Um, there's a really good redemption arc with, um, I feel bad I don't remember her name, but she is an Imperial for a little while, or First Order trooper, and then she ends up going back to the Resistance um, unexpectedly. So I feel like they're trying to subvert our expectations more, knowing what we expect now from these shows. and. Part of me just kind of wants like a Rogue One situation sometime because Rogue One blew me away. It's so incredible, but it felt real. Like what would actually happen, you know, in a rebellion like this? And I kind of like those stories. I, I was a big Game of Thrones fan. I like that big payoff, like can't believe he went there. Well, it shows that there's, consequences for these actions you know if if you know the whole crew in rogue one was able to make it off scarif and then you know we just assume that they're still alive at the end of return of the jedi kind of thing then the the ramifications and the risk of them infiltrating this you know this battle station is is low but when they all die and it's a very tragic and huge sacrifice it, it shows sort of that what the cost of war in, in a sense so i i'm with you i i do think that you know seeing the this the cost of everything the cost of fighting against the empire um would be something that's worth seeing and, and add a little <laughs> more weight to all of the actions that we see the bad batch take or future actions that they take so one of the biggest complaints I've seen online is that with the Bad Batch, it's a small universe. Um, being that we're seeing every character we've ever seen before with the Bad Batch. Would you guys have a problem if none of the Bad Batch die and are alive during the original trilogy events, but they're just on the other side of the galaxy? So they're doing their own thing on this side and all the stuff that we know has happened is over here. So I've heard that I've like thought of that as well and heard people talking about that. And I'm totally okay with that because it is a, it's a big universe despite what they've done. (laughs) And I, you know, there's my rogue one stance that I just gave, but there's also the opposite that you just said, I would be totally fine with it if, they were just off living their lives, you know, in a cantina for Sid, doing whatever they wanted to do. I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's fine, but that's not exactly the Star Wars MO normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like it if they went there because that shows it's not all just fan service. Like, that's the complaint. I'm not complaining because I love Hera and Chopper, but... Um, Star Wars does tend to do that, the guest appearance thing, which I love. Yeah, I'd be fan. You know, if if they don't want to do that, they could just say, and they lived happily ever after in the unknown regions for the rest of eternity. And it's like, yeah, I could be okay with that. So for me, the whole small 
universe, small galaxy argument, you know, it makes sense. I think the biggest issue that I've had with it is that at times the bad batch seem like they're the side character to their own story. Um, yeah, I love seeing Hera and chopper. They definitely took more of a backseat role in those episodes. Um, but I, I don't have an issue with them if they, you know, when all is said and done in the show wraps of, if they're off surviving and thriving, you know, we've got old Rex on Endor and, and doing his thing and the old, old clones. So if there's a old hunter with, you know, gray hair and a weathered bandana, just chilling somewhere. And, you know, he shows up in live action somehow, you know, Tim Morrison, which would be crazy uh, live action, Tim Morrison with, you know, Hunter hair and that bandana. Um, do, you, do you have an idea how easy it would be for them on Disney plus to add the, ha- the havoc marauder to that scene in the rise of Skywalker when all the ships show up? Mm-hmm. It'd be so easy. Yeah. It may already but, be there. Like it's, it's impossible to know, right? Laying the, the Easter eggs for us even more. But yeah, I, I don't think there's an issue with, you know, it, it is at times nice to see the Rogue One aspect and, and see the cost of things. But also, you know, people are going to go survive after everything's said and done and they did their part to help the galaxy and now they get to enjoy retirement. Like, that's fine with me, too. If you think about Cut and his wife, um, I could I feel like they could have an existence like that, like peaceful retired clones obviously they're not with gregor and rex i can't remember who the third one is in rebels wolf thank you Mm -hmm. um of course it's wolf um they're not with them obviously but that doesn't mean they're dead i mean they could just be retired it's possible they could just be mercenaries or bounty hunters for all we know they could possibly do those things I would like to see Omega show up in the book of Boba Fett, though. I don't know. There's something intriguing about Omega seeing Boba and being like, we are the same. Yeah. Or I don't know. I just, something about that is really intriguing, which I think is purposeful. I don't think that's an accident that the book of Boba Fett is coming out. And then we're like also thinking about Omega. Yeah. Um, so. That's interesting. I'd love to see her get a clone outfit too. I kind of think she needs like a little armor or something. I I think you're, I don't think they created Omega for this show in the long run. I think they introduced her for this show to explain her origin, but I think you're right. I think she's going to be a a bigger player later down the line. I would hope so. I think the um, mercenary with the child. Um, plotline is a little overdone. Um, I'm excited to watch it again with The Last of Us. Like, sign me up because it's a good, it's a good plot device. It yeah. works. The Witcher, like all this stuff, you know, I get it. But I kind of want Star Wars to be like a little bit more. Okay, like what else is there yeah. other than just you know the kid. I don't know. That's just my two cents, though. I'll watch all of it anyway. <laughs> no, absolutely. They're definitely, it seems Star Wars is laying heavily, and not just Star Wars, but a lot of them, on the, you know, the hesitant father figure being, having a, a child thrust upon them kind of plot. So it'd be, it would be interesting to see if in later seasons of The Bad Batch, uh, 
you know, Omega or, the, or that father dynamic, you know, that they've kind of had with Omega and Hunter or Omega and the rest of the Bad Batch isn't so much. And it's more on equals kind of uh, terms. And obviously with Mando season three, you know, whether or not Grogu shows up and that, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go if they're going to keep doubling down on this um relationship like you said or if they're gonna sort of forge ahead in a new direction speaking of that though i know we didn't talk about this earlier but you guys saw the poster with grogu right Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amazing. i forgot my bad i forgot to put that on the cargo hold but yes it looks so good so cool i love the yellow lightsaber so that's just yeah, it was um, amazing. I thought, and I thought it was fan art, and I'm like, "Oh, that's so cool, fan art!" And then I was like, "Oh, that's like legit. <laughs> that's, a, that's officially licensed. Someone at Disney gave that a the thumbs up. So that's got the Lucasfilm Story Group seal of approval." <laughs> amazing, I love that. All right, legit. Last question: Next time we see Grogu, will we hear him speak? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. A hundred percent. He's gonna say something. I'm curious to see if he speaks like regular basic though, or if he speaks Yoda. <laughs> True. Yeah. I don't know. I almost like don't. This sounds bad. I don't mean this to sound like I don't care, but it's like, what could Mando's story be without Grogu? Obviously, I want to know what Grogu's little Jedi training summer camp. Like, I want to know what that's like, of course. But I want to know, like, what is Mando like without a child? Because part of what made him so interesting and captivating was his reluctance father figure vibe so who is mando when he's because he's different now he's not just a bounty hunter anymore he's kind of a new man so like no ship no weapon he has the dark saber and he has no child like i want to know what's going on there (laughs) i so this is this is my own personal opinion i think that they're gonna build towards some type of war on mandalore another like giant mandalorian civil war i mean you've got the the dark saber element now you've got the whether well, or not you know bo can't accept it you've got the zealots with the armor and paz Vizla, um the the elements that they're going to include with book of boba fett with ahsoka so i think they're building towards some big like war-esque uh, thing that might explain like why Mandalorians don't show up in any of the sequel stuff, and this will lead towards the sequels too. So I think it'll it'll be interesting. But my my hope is to see like some big live action uh, Mandalorian civil war because no one hates Mandalorians more than other Mandalorians. Very true. Very <laughs> true. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Mac, thank you so much for coming on. We are very appreciative that you came on and you are just like us. You're you're an enabler. <laughs> and a hoarder. So. Do you want to tell the fine folks where they can uh, find you, find your projects, all of that? I am on TikTok as loath.cat and you can find everything in my bio there on TikTok. So my animated project I'm working on, um, I'm not big in social media, so my TikTok is like pretty much it, but I also have a film Instagram that you are welcome to check out linked in my bio. I review pretty much everything I watch. Um, so if you're curious about that, you can check it out on my bio. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, and check us out on TikTok as well, the Black Squadron Podcast, and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think that's it. 
Um, <laughs> and if, like I said, at the top of the show, if you're enjoying our show, please leave us a review. Helps us out a ton. Um, and until next week, remember, the Force will be with you always.